You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Listen, I'm on the road right now, and I'm on the top secret mission. I'm gonna tell you about really soon. But the great thing about being in this neck of the woods, I'm out here in California, I get to see some of my favorite people in the world. And I have one of them on the show today. I'm actually here at her place with her epic team. And we're going to have an incredible show for you guys. So make sure to tune in, listen in, listen with your heart, listen with your, your ears, your mind, and your inner ears. All right? Listen deeply because it's going to be really, really powerful. It changed my life. Like what she's going to share with you guys today, you have no idea. But before I do that, listen, when I'm on the road, I always make sure to be proactive. This is one of the big problems. You know, a lot of folks, when they travel, they tend to end up up getting sick. They tend to end up, especially even when they get back, you know, coming down with something, right? Quote, catching a bug. If you're on the road, you're having fun, if you're doing, you know, getting your work on, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to get sick, but we're so often reactive when it comes to our health. Like something comes up. We come down with something and then we try to, you know, take whatever to try to suppress that or try to get healthy again. Well, how, how about being proactive? And so just to share with you really quickly, before when I know that I'm going to be traveling, I make sure that I ramp my immune system up beforehand. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, if you look at clinic, you know, clinically, something like vitamin C, right? Everybody knows about that for your immune system. They got the emergency packs everywhere. But guess what? If you look at the research, vitamin C doesn't really work that well once you're sick. Right? But it does work well before you're sick and keeping your immune system strong. So that's really the key. So be proactive. And so getting in the medicinal mushrooms and vitamin C beforehand. And also when I'm on the road to make sure that I get my nutritional bases covered because we're going to experiment. We're going to experience the lay of the land when it comes to our food. But I want to make sure I get my macronutrient needs met to keep all the systems in my body doing the things they're supposed to. And so I keep my Organifi Go Packs with me in my book bag, which I just opened one and started sipping on right now. I've got the minty feeling and it feels real good all right, in my heart. So Organifi actually, the reason I love it so much is that it's cold process. So you're actually getting the nutrients and the uh, really consolidated uh, superfoods that you, that you believe you're getting from company X. You're actually getting it when you get Organifi, all right? So one of the things that I highlight and talk about, and I just looked this up, another study, University of Nebraska Medical Center, found that spirulina helps to promote stem cell genesis. What? St- literally creating new stem cells, all right? Captain Crunch can't do that, all right? Lucky Charms cannot do that. I wish it could but it does not have that kind of power, all right? So this literally helps your body to produce more stem cells. Stem cells become basically whatever your body needs, all right? If you need more brain cells, if you need more muscle muscle cells, liver cells, stem cells are kind of the seed cell that helps to build the cells for your body, all right? It's incredibly powerful. There are very few things that we know about that can do that. A spirulina can. And that's just one of the ingredients. We got moringa, we've got chlorella, we've got ashwagandha for helping to manage stress. All right, check them out. And it's easy. I just literally open up a package, put in my little shaker bottle, and then I pour it into this fancy cup here because we're on TV, TV <laughs> magic. So we're sipping on it right here. All right, so the Go Packs are awesome. They've also got the containers. They've got the red juice. They've got the new gold juice as well. Head over and check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. It's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off, all right? Dub. All right, you get 20% off. So head over there and check them out. And now let's get to the iTunes review of the week. Another five-star review titled The Art of a Hero by Sinner. This podcast has opened my mind and heart to so much hope and wisdom that Sean and his guests bring to the people. The show delivers the message and brings awareness in such a simple yet powerful way that you can be left satisfied or dare to dive deeper. I'm on my fourth or fifth book from listening to the show, A Hero Helping Heroes Create Heroes powerful stuff. All right. Thank you so much for leaving that review. I appreciate it immensely. You are the best ever. And everybody, please head over to iTunes and leave me a review if you've yet to do so. I appreciate it so very much. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. 
Our guest today is New York Times bestselling author, Shalene Johnson. She's built and sold several multi-million dollar lifestyle and fitness companies. She's also one of my favorite people. And she is a top 10 podcaster and host of several number one infomercials, including Pio. And by the way, guys, like Pio is so amazing. So make sure to check that out. And the Huffington Post recently named Shalene one of the top 50 female entrepreneurs to watch. And she's a mother of two and devoted to helping people live more and work less. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, my friend, Shalene Johnson. Thank What's up, Thank you Shaleen? so much. It's great so, to be here. So happy it's great to be to have here. you here. Right, uh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so listen, uh, I want to start with what I just said with your uh, bio, which is helping people to live more and work less. Yeah. What, where, where did you get that? Like what inspired you to, to make that something you do? Uh, realizing that if I was truly devoted to helping people be healthy, I had to change my own ways. And I was uh, working too much and not living enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and just realizing that's part of health, yeah. you know, is helping people to understand collecting things and being successful is awesome. But it can also lead to this never ending cycle where you just feel like you always have to work. Yeah. And in order to be healthy, you've got to be able to have enough time to enjoy the fruits of your labor and the people that matter the most. Absolutely. I, I so agree with that. So just to take a step back, we've had yeah. her on the show before we put in the show notes, but I want to talk a little bit about your story. Um, because when people see you, they might be like, you know, it's California girl, you know, yeah. she's got all, but let's talk a little bit about where you're coming from. Uh, you know, kind of where you grew up and what brought you into the field that you're in huh, today. That's interesting. Uh, so I grew up in Michigan from the Midwest. I grew up surrounded by really unhealthy food and um, people dieting all the time, but always overweight. So I started associating dieting with um, being overweight and being mm. unha- unhappy. So I got into exercise as kind of my own personal solution. Like, okay, so I'm not going to go that route. I don't want to diet because these people seem really unhealthy and unhappy. So I'll exercise. And I was also raised in a family of entrepreneurs. So I've had tremendous success in fitness, but not because, you know, there's something special about my magic secret. It's, I really, I understand how to solve problems for people. Mm. And, and so I think it's a combination of my business sense Mm -hmm. and understanding how to solve problems and um, just passion to help people be happier, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. You are so good at solving problems. And we're going to get to like the one you solve for us, specifically my wife, which trickles down (laughs) to me immediately. Oh, good. Um, But before we do that, so um, your environment itself. So you're from the Midwest, from Michigan, Mm -hmm. specifically like what part where were you hanging out the at? D? You, from the D. Yes. And uh, was it something with cars going yeah. on? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. well, I, I was born in Detroit. I like to say I grew up on the mean streets of Detroit, but the truth is I moved when I was about four. All but, right. you know, I'm going to hang on to that D. <laughs> uh, but I grew up just, my dad was an entrepreneur, but we never had money. <laughs> Everything was always kind of imploding or he was trying something new. And we learned from a very young age, one thing he instilled was that like, if you solve problems for people, you can make money and you can do things you love. And so when he told me growing up that, you know, if I was going to have a car, I'd have to buy it myself. I'd have to earn the money to do that. I could earn, like it was an entitlement, like you get to do this. And so I started flipping automobiles. I bought my first vehicle from a state auction. I think it was a thousand dollars. And then I spent, I was 15 mm-hmm. and I spent a year cleaning it up, cosmetic mm-hmm. things, painting it black, resold it, made another thousand dollars, bought another car. And I just kept doing that, realizing like, wow, all my friends have these part-time jobs where they're making minimum wage and I can, I can do this and make a lot of money quickly. And eventually I was able to, uh, pay for my own school, pay for college. Yes. And I continued that business through college. And that just led me to, to see like, okay, where, whenever I have a problem, because I started to use car lot for people who were selling their own vehicles yeah. to solve my own problem. And I just realized like, if I just, like life is great. If I just keep following whatever problem I figured out, if I just turn around and share with other people how yeah. to solve that, um, it's very fulfilling. It's very rewarding. And I never have to worry about what's next because there's always some problem I'm trying to figure out. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And so, of course, when we talked about this in the last episode that we had her on, she made the pivot into fitness. 
with that modus operandi of solving problems, which yeah. you're incredible at. Like Thanks. it's it's crazy how good you are at it because I think you you know you become obsessed. Yeah. But that obsessive characteristic is wh- why you also pivoted to more like working less and living more. That's true. You know, so I want to talk a little bit more about that because mm. this is something, especially when people are maybe just starting a business. Or, you know, we just, bottom line, we tend to get out of balance in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, we lose track of what's most important. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very big advocate. And you were somebody who helped parallel that for me Mm. of like having it all. You know, like I can be successful in my career. I can also be successful as a father. I can be successful as a husband. I can be successful with my health. I could do it all. Mm -hmm. But I do need to have a strategy to to go about that. So what... For for folks, like, what can you say that would help people to understand a little bit better of, like, why that really matters? I think you have to start with, you know, you said you can have it all, which is true, but which is most important? Yeah. Because if you, if you don't honestly answer that question, then your actions don't align. And for me, I was always saying my family is most important, but my actions and the way I was living my life didn't align with that because I was working 90 hours a week um, and just... Even when I wasn't working, I was really preoccupied with what I was supposed to be doing. I'd be in a movie theater and looking at the screen, but I couldn't tell you what the movie was because I was going through tasks Mm. and ideas and work. And it just took a toll on, it didn't take a toll on, I mean, it was taking a toll on me, but I would have continued like that indefinitely until my husband really just said he'd had enough. And it took him a long, long, long time of just dealing with me, you know? Uh, to finally tell me that this isn't fun. This isn't what I signed up for. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? Look at all the things that we have, you know? Mm, yeah. um, and so it was, it's my go, it was my go-to, it was my drug. Like for some people it's shopping or, or drinking or um, their sport. For me, work was how I dissociated. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I felt like I wasn't a worthwhile person if I wasn't working. Like I would never dream of letting somebody find out that I was taking a rest day because I thought mm. they would think less of me. Yeah. You know, and so um, how I solved that problem for myself, transparency is through therapy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an addiction. And I think you can figure it out yourself if you want, but that's kind of the long, hard road. I always tell people, if you want the shortcut... Don't be afraid of it. Um, get a good therapist. And if you don't find the first person you see is great, then keep looking because it is the shortcut. Yeah. As I was, of course, wondering, like, how did you get out of that? Because it's it's yeah. so pervasive and affects everything. And by the way, so this is to be clear, <laughs> when I say have it all, I mean having some um, value or a sense of of accomplishment in each area. But yes. you have to identify yes. what matters most. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. And so, yeah, and this is around, you know, when I first met you, I saw that, like, you really like your family, you know? Yeah. And so this was like, was that after or during that time? No, you- I met you after that transition, yeah. uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, what's funny is you, I think a lot of us as entrepreneurs, you learn from other entrepreneurs whom most are kind of, you know, regurgitating this hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind message. And I believed that too, And I also believed that in order to be successful, like you had to pay a price or you didn't deserve it. Right. Mm, Like, so I didn't just, I I didn't deserve in my mind, I didn't deserve to enjoy these things. um, And if I, unless I was working that hard and when I would wear the workaholic badge, like I was proud of it. Mm. And I remember going to therapy and thinking, (laughs) You're not going to believe this, but I'm here because I work too hard. You know, like I was like, oh, she's going to love this. And it wasn't, you know, it didn't take long to get yeah. to the root of why I felt that way. Mm. Wow. That's, and then untangle it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's that's incredible. Wow. So and I'm so glad you brought that up, too, because it's like it's hold up, especially today with mm-hmm. social media. Everybody's fronting like they're they're working, you know, 25 hours a day. You bragging know? about how many miles they're flying, bringing about like they're bringing about all the places they're going. I'm like, how's your family feel about that? Mm, right. You know, exactly. What are you running from? Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't, oh. I, I don't see that as a badge anymore. Yeah. But again, it's in everybody to each their own. You know, this is what I also sure. love about your work. Um, but I, you know, I true agree. Everyone to each their own, but I'm also okay with offending people who have children yeah. because I think, why'd you have children if you don't want to spend any time with them? There Cause go. there's a lot of people out there who can't have kids and they'd love to spend some time with them. So, you know, 
don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with being a little bit of controversial yeah. in my stance there. Michael Jackson said, um, if you can't raise the baby, yeah, yeah. Why'd you <laughs> make the baby? Something like that. <laughs> so um, I want to talk to you specifically. Um, this And this goes, this goes in alignment with everything. It does. You know, and just really kind of cleaning things up in our life to really streamline, optimize, yeah. so we can get the most juice out of each area. And this is something that I personally, I didn't really think about. Mm -hmm. And seeing the transformation that happened in my wife, and then thinking back on my life and how this actually happened to me and me becoming more successful mm. in various areas of my life and how I dealt with this. And so, yeah. and it's the topic of clutter. Yeah. All right. So what led you to, to, to doing some like master classes on this yeah. and helping so like you've impacted so many people oh, talking thanks. about this subject? Well, it really does relate to that first story that you brought up, realizing like, okay, I've got to work less. So that means I've got to be smarter. It means I need to be less distracted. It means I need systems in place. I need to make my life, if I'm going to work less, I have to simplify. And there's so many things that we learn as children, we don't even realize that we carry those habits with us moving forward. And part of the you know, kind of process of me figuring out how to be more present and how to work less meant figuring out that I was dealing with a lot of clutter and disorganization and that so like I could work right away. I knew I could work fewer hours if I was more organized. Mm -hmm. So I started with just wanting to be organized and then realizing, gosh, I never learned these things. Like, here's the story. When my husband and I first got married, you, know, you always hear women say like, oh, my husband just drops his clothes on the floor. He never did. He always took off his clothes when he was about to take a shower, put them in the hamper. And I would drop my clothes on the floor and leave them on the floor. And I'm like, how do you do that? He's like, it's just something I've done. It's something I learned from my parents. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I didn't learn that from my parents. It's their fault. But really like, okay, so I can learn this and I need to teach this to my children. And it makes a difference. Mm, man, it so does. Yeah. The same thing, like I'm the one that will like hang my jacket up, you know, when I come in, my wife's more likely to throw it over the chair, you yeah. know, um, but it also, and we've seen it happen with my youngest son too. And I don't think she shared that part with you, no. but he started just because he was very much about keeping things tidy. And uh -huh. all of a sudden he started throwing his coat on the floor in his room, you know, yeah. just like, what are you doing? Uh -huh. um, but once she had this transformation and learning some of the things you're going to share with us. Um, it just changed everything. And also it trickled wow. down to him very quickly. Wow. So I want to talk about, I want to lead into this with you. You said that you don't even think people should start a new diet mm -hmm. until they get their life uncluttered. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why is that? Because it's an obstacle. I think it's an obstacle that most people don't recognize that chaos is not okay. Like chaos is, prevents you from being present. It prevents you from being focused. It prevents you from moving forward. And then when you, so we, when we have an obstacle that's there and we don't see it, we just keep running into it and we think, oh, well, this diet's failed me. Oh, I'm not good at business. But meanwhile, there's this, this obstacle that you just keep hitting and you don't realize that's what it is. So I, I just think people need to first be aware of how much chaos and disorganization is in your environment. Hmm. Because it does something to your mind. It does a lot to your mind. It's, it affects our bodies. Um, a study showed that 44% of people said that they make unhealthy food choices when their home feels messy. When, hmm. you know, and that's a lot of people, a lot of the time, whose homes feel messy. It affects our happiness. It affects our relationships. Um, respondents said that 55% of the time they feel much more motivated when their home is tidy. That's crazy. That is. To think that you can impact, you know, motivation's huge. You need motivation to be kind. You need motivation to eat healthy, to exercise, to start your business, yeah. uh, to be focused, to be present. Like those things require motivation. So if you can be 50% better just by having a more organized space and that's free, do it. Absolutely. Wow. So, so good. So mm -hmm. our internal environment is a direct reflection of our external environment. It is. I remember um, a time when I was working in an office environment and uh, the gal in the cubicle next to me lived in the same apartment complex. And she asked me for a ride home one night and I was like, oh, I can't. I've got something to do. Because I remember thinking how mortified I would be if she saw the inside of my car because it was such a mess. 
and just I would freak out if anyone came by my home because I'm like, no, 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 you need to think I'm perfect. And it's not good in here, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, mm. And just the way that it impacts your morning, like you talk about your morning routine. If you walk into your closet and it is chaos, you've just started your day with a healthy dose of cortisol and stress. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're feeding, your, you're visually feeding your mind with this negative experience so it's, it's really, it impacts so much more than what people realize. Yeah. Something else that you said that, you know, I've said this like to myself, it's this inner dialogue is that, you know, when you see something out of place, for me, I felt like it was a little bit of a stressor, but not something that's like an immediacy, but I just knew that my brain mm-hmm. had that filed away. That's right. And it's something I'm going to have to come back to. So, but for me, it's like, why not do it now? So right. I would just usually, you know, nine times out of 10, pick the thing up and keep it moving. But we don't realize that everything that's out of place or just kind of like has this sense of, you know, um, like you said, chaos. Yes. It's all messing around and rumbling around in your subconscious that it's, you need to do something with it. And it's depleting your energy. So everything that you do requires a decision, right? So even the things you're seeing subconsciously, even, you know, if a bird flies by, you, you've got to figure out what to do with that. If there's a text message you've noticed off the corner of your eye that's hit your phone, your brain has to make a split second decision. Like, do I do something with that? Mm-hmm. And which is why we feel so tired all the time, because there's so many things we have to make decisions on now. We don't even realize it's happening subconsciously. And that requires energy. You burn so much energy, calories, with all of these decisions you have to make, you're burning through the glucose in your brain. And when you, when things are out of place, you don't realize it, but your brain is going do something with this now or do something with this later. So if there's a lot of things out of place in your home, in at your desk, wherever you are, your brain is just feeling empty because you're constantly seeing that and constantly saying, do I do something with it? Even though yeah. you don't realize you're doing this. So it really depletes the energy that you need to be focused and to do great things. Oh, man, that's so powerful. So true. When you're just talking, it just reminded me of when I was in college and I had my college apartment. It's when I first met my wife. And I would keep my mess hidden, right? Uh-huh. So it's like my closet was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it wasn't even the closet in my room. It's like this closet by the kitchen table, uh, which in a college apartment is basically the kitchen tables and right, the living room, right, you know. Yeah. And so there was just absolute, just it was crazy in uh-huh. that room. And so here's what's so funny: when I would have people would come over to my to my apartment, you know, even my family, like you take your shoes off at the door, right? Take your shoes off. <laughs> but then it's just like thinking back: why did I do that to have them get their socks dirty? Because right. my my place wasn't as clean right, as I would want it to look like. You know, yeah. I would just like hide things. You know, but basically people coming over, you go take your shoes off and get your socks dirty. You know, you know, that's not all bad, though. I want to say this because it was it's interesting that you did that because it was out of your sight. And that's that's kind of important. Like so I tell people on their desktop, your desktop, it's difficult for you to work efficiently if your desktop looks like your closet exploded. So like there's an app called Hide Me. I think it's Hide Me or Hidden Me. Uh, And you can just tap on it. it just hides everything on your desktop. Mm. It's still there, but if you click on it, it's like throwing everything into the closet. Mm-hmm. It's a temporary solution, but if you need to focus, yeah. I recommend people do that. Oh, I love yeah. it. Oh, I love it. There's levels to this. Yes, there There's are. levels to this, you know. So I same way, you know, with my desk, I just clear. I just want my mm-hmm. computer there, everything else, you know. So I definitely feel that. But here's the thing, we can adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, you can work in, like, I've worked in some pretty chaotic yeah. circumstances, but ideally for my best self to show up, yeah. definitely want a cleaner environment. Do you have to clean up before you start working? Does your space need to be yeah. pretty Yeah, I mean, but I generally do that before I come to work. Okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. when I'm going to my desk to work, so if I'm leaving, I'll just take stuff, get stuff out the way, so I don't have to try to even spend the energy to tidy up when I get there Yeah, to start writing. Or That's what I call your your reset time, and... It's probably a habit you picked up from your parents, I would assume. Yeah, Don't I, know. I, but I, a lot of us, um, you, we pick up these habits from the way we were raised. And my belief was always, well, if I, I'll do this later because I have something to do right now. So I would leave messes and think, well, this will save me time later. Yeah. And 
one of the things that I teach people now is that you, you need a reset time. Like, so things are going to get messy. That's fine. But either at the end of the day or first thing in the morning, if you just set aside 30 minutes, what, however much time you need to reset the environment, yeah. then you can walk in while you're hot, your brain is mm-hmm. ready and you're excited and you're motivated to work and you don't kill it with a mess. Yeah. So good. And by the way, so we're going to get into some specific tips okay. to help you to uh, declutter your life. And let me let me be clear. So I mentioned my wife a couple of times. Yeah. So she listened to Shalene's masterclass episodes on her podcast, which, listen, the Shalene show is one of the best ever, oh, right? Best ever. And she covers a lot of things that are parallel with what we do, you yeah. know, but from her voice and her experience, which she's impacted lives of millions and millions of people. Super valuable stuff. So make sure to check out her podcast. Thank you. Um, but the declutter episode. So my wife listened to them, and she came. She like she looked at me with this look, like you don't understand, like what's <laughs> what's about to happen. And I was just like, okay, whatever, you yeah. know. But she cleaned our closet, which for her that was the bane of our existence. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like the closet in our room. And I recommended, you know, like two years ago to put up a shoe rack on the door. She's like, no, but this is a door, you know? Yeah. I was like, but the door is always open. Just put that, you know, you could do yeah. your shoes or whatever. And she, um, she would also, uh, you know, we had the dirty clothes hamper, yeah, but it would turn into to dirty clothes mountain. Oh, right. Yes, you know yes, what I'm yes, saying? So yes, yes, it would just like kind of get out of control really quickly, even mm-hmm. though she kind of tidy up, but not, it was no system. And so she listened to the episode she did a couple of things that I said to do a while ago where she said I was right, which that was a big moment. You know, she's like, you were right. Yeah. And I was like, did I, you I, got, it? I went and got my phone. She was like, I'm not going to say, <laughs> say it, it again. again. You have no yeah. proof. And right. so, um, you know, she got the closet together and she changed as a human. Like she, yes. she had this sense of like peace. She had this, the next day when she was working, she had this sense of accomplishment and just like, she seemed to be more focused and clear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how could that closet Dude. affect your mind so much woman's closet yeah. yeah that's for sure so that and also systems with the kitchen changed and just like it really has had a big impact on us even when we left for the trip her getting things together beforehand it wasn't perfect sure right but the, instead of the mad dash at the very yeah. end kind of yeah. thing you know and so you really had a big influence on what's happening in our house that is so meaningful yeah so thank you for that but uh, to get into it, uh, so where do we start? Yeah. What do we do to start to declutter our lives? Because it's everywhere. It's your desktop. It's your office. It's, you know, every part of your home. So I always tell people, just start with, if I asked you right now what area is driving you nuts, you know what it is. Yeah. It's either your garage or your closet or your kitchen. There's a place that you're like, I, I can't handle it and I, it needs to be okay. Um, so maybe you've got a a junk room or a rec room that you never see that closet door that's closed. That's probably not it. It's the space you need to be okay with. So pick a space is my first suggestion that you want to start with before you start applying these habits. Uh, simple, but you know, like how we ignore it, Mm -hmm. you know, just getting clarity on that direction. We want to go like, what is that place being honest about it? That's driving you nuts. Because if you start there, it will trickle into the other places. I think the worst thing you can do is think you're going to do all of this in one weekend, in one shot. And let, it's like, I'm starting to declutter. And you think it's going to all go away yeah. in, you know, one super productive weekend. And it won't. But it starts. And it usually, if you understand the process, it doesn't go back. Yeah. Oh it just gets goodness. better. Yeah, there's levels to this. Yes. All right, so what's another tip? Well, the first thing I want people to do is to just recognize that everything needs a home, right? So that, and everyone needs to know where that home is. And the example that I give, because this can be legacy, Mm -hmm. think about anyone who's watching right now, you have one drawer where you keep your forks and knives and spoons. That's the only, everyone knows where that drawer is. And it's so universal that when someone else is in your kitchen, they, they grab the drawer that they think it's going to be in because of their kitchen. Yeah. So it is possible to teach everybody, even children, that everything has its place. And can you imagine if every time you need to eat, you had to search every room of the house for a fork? Mm. It's in one drawer. So everything you own needs a place and everyone needs to kind of agree on where that goes and it needs to go back there. Mm. So that's the first tip is everything needs its place, which leads into the second tip, which is Put it back where it belongs. It doesn't save you time. Mm-hmm. And um, you need, everything needs to go back and it needs to be done now. When I was a personal trainer, I did in-home personal training when I first moved to Southern California and I had this client who was 87 years old. 
beautiful older woman. And her family had me go to her home. She lived in like assisted living and lift weights with her. She was radical. <laughs> but the first time I went to visit her, I came in, you know, here she's 87. She was at the sink um, cleaning her, her plate and fork. The next time I came back, she's doing the same thing. And I said to her, oh, you can put that down. You know, we, we can do that later. And she said, oh, no, I do it now. And I said, you know, do you have someone come to clean your house or do your laundry? She said, no. Why would I need to? It's me, and I do it now. And I said, share with me your secret. She said, that's my secret. Mm. Do it now. Don't do it later. And those words, like, I get goosebumps, see? Yeah. Thinking about, like, do it now. Like, that makes so much sense. There's so many things I thought I was saving time because I can let them pile up and do it all at once yeah. later. No, do the little things now. So I think when I, even today, I hear her voice today coming to the office. I tried on like three pairs of black jeans and I threw, I literally went back to old habits. I threw them on the floor and I thought, no, do it now yeah. and hang them back up. Yeah. I think that was maybe Augmandino as well as just like, do it now, do it now, do it now. Mm. Using it as a moniker. You know what? change we you mentioned earlier like maybe this was something for my parents yeah definitely not in my case oh. but what i really want people and a big part of what i do is getting our getting ourselves to a place where you actually are listening to your body and you're listening to your internal monologue like mm -hmm. actually paying attention to it mm -hmm. and not just brushing everything off and kind of hiding things in the closet in yeah. a way in your own mind and so i i began to realize that i felt better when things were cleaner on my desk and i'm not like very obsessive about it, you know, like, again, I, I can roll with the punches, mm -hmm. but I just, I felt better. And so I started to do that and it be, just became the way that I live my life. And also the do it now moniker. I'm a very big, I don't want to have a meeting and we talk about 10 things. Right. Just get, just talk about one or two. Let me go execute. All right. <laughs> That's yes. how I live my life. Like do it now. I don't want to know because it's too much. Right. You know, so yeah, it's very powerful. What you just said too is incredibly important for us to share with people because these are just have, they're not even habits. These are actions you force yourself to do until they become habits. Yes. And the way to make these stick as habits is you have to be aware enough to recognize the reward of doing the thing. Like you have to stop and go, huh? I just feel, I feel a little bit better about myself that I just hung up my jeans. Yeah. Like, I f and just noticing for a second, like, okay, that feels better. And thinking about like what it would feel like for me to walk back into my closet tonight and see jeans all over the floor, right? So if you want these things that we're sharing today or any of the things you've learned on Sean's show to become habits, think about the reward. Like, yeah. okay, well, how does it make me feel? Yeah, pay attention. Yeah. Oh, so good. By the way, when you mentioned the drawer for the fork, uh -huh. it made me think about another drawer that somebody in this room probably has the condiment drawer. Mm. Does anybody have a condiment mm -hmm, drawer mm -hmm, where all your mm -hmm. packets of like ketchup and mm -hmm. little jellies? I don't have that drawer anymore, but my condiment drawer was strong. <laughs> I mean, I had the soy sauce, the sweet sour, it's so The takeout knives and forks. Why? Yeah, why? Why did I have it? And like it's literally, funny. It's so true. maybe one year, well, I mean, one day out of the year, I might pull something out of that drawer, <laughs> you know? So get rid of it. All right, so it's true. Uh, do it now. All right, what's another tip? Uh, my next tip is to. Never leave a room empty-handed. So it doesn't matter whether you're in your kitchen or um, the you know area where everyone watches TV or the mm -hmm. office. Just like quickly look around and see if anything you see belongs where you're going. Mm -hmm. So you know it just it makes it so much easier to just scoop things up and carry them with you. I'm a big fan of having you know kind of buckets or maybe a, a canvas tote in your main rooms, mm. like just so you can do that. It makes it really easy. Like all, all these things belong upstairs. Why are, why is, why are the kids toys on the kitchen counter? Why is, you know, the laundry basket in the middle of the living room? Like just never leave a room empty handed. I love that so much. It's like you have been living my life. It's so crazy. <laughs> like that's just something I do. If I'm getting up, like from leaving the living room, going to the kitchen, like I'll just do a quick scan. Like, should I take anything with me? Yeah. You know, like, that's so crazy. And again, I'm not perfect about this or even was, I wasn't necessarily conscious about it, but this is just something that leads to a more kind of healthy, happy brain and a happy And a happy experience. wife. Yes, yes. Yeah, it makes, doing, for, doing uh, it makes for a much better relationship, whether it's a roommate or a spouse. I don't know how my husband dealt with me before I figured out how to do this because I was like, and I still like to be messy, to be clear. Like when I'm, in creative mode, it's messy. 
but it needs to be organized before I start and when I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. um, it it's much easier for him now because I'm far more organized. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I got I feel like I got to share something now. So I definitely was not like this. All right. I mentioned like my, my closet, my car as well. When I met my mm-hmm. wife. I just had a trunk full of like, cause you know, I'm in school yeah, and like I had a, you know, finance class, I had biology and I would keep everything, every single note, every single handout. Mm-hmm. And I would like, but here's the thing. And I, I can't believe I'm sharing this, but these were from like two years earlier. Mm. All right. Yes. I would keep this stuff like someday I'm going to need this or come back to it or review it. Literally never happened. Right. All right. And it wasn't like, literally I took that. That was when I had my Malibu. I had my Chevy Malibu <laughs> yes. to the Ford Explorer, and I had the same habit. Now, the back end of my Ford Explorer, that's when I met, first met her. But when I got my, you know, like my, my nice car, right? right? Like it changed my, but I was a different person as well. Right. And so I ended that behavior. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to do this yeah. here. You know, but I first had to be aware that I was doing this. Yeah. So. You know, when I first started doing personal training, like I shared, um, there was this like really rich neighborhood that I would had a lot of clients in. Yeah. And they had these huge, expansive homes. And I remember thinking, do children live here? Like, these homes are like, <laughs> museums are so perfect. And I, I really thought in my mind, oh, when you're rich, you have a big house, so it never looks messy. I thought that's what was going on. And then I started getting wealthy, successful clients who lived at the beach in like, you know, a 800-square-foot bungalow. And it was still really organized and mm. decluttered. And I thought... Okay, so this isn't about the size of the home. This is about successful habits. And it really mm-hmm. was part of me learning to watch what successful people do. Um, a tip I wanted to add based on what you just said, like, you know, thinking about all the things you held on to, it's this is let go of it. Just begin to associate things that you're holding on to as a sign that you're holding on to the past, number one. Mm. And number two, it's a scarcity mindset. You know, I want you to believe that you will receive more and you're going to get more and you're going to make more money and more blessings are going to be bestowed upon you. And if you're living your life like I can't throw away this coffee cup with a broken because I can buy super glue and glue it back together. You're living with a scarcity mindset and you have to have faith. You have to have belief in God or whatever your higher power is that more is coming to you and you are too abundantly blessed as it is to hang on to all of these things. And if it's something personal, this is what I really struggled with. If it's something someone gave me, I felt bad getting rid of it, even though I didn't like it or I wasn't using it. And I, this really helped me reading, I think her name's Marie Kondo, is that how you say her name? The author of um, the uh, art, the magical art of tidying up. I know I'm saying that wrong, but you'll know the book. The Magical Art of Tidying Up. She That book, I've read a lot of books, but that one really helped me let go of this emotional attachment to things. So now what I do is if someone gave me something, I remember that it had, it's already had its intended use. They meant to honor me or they meant to make me feel good. And it's, it's, it's use has been intended. I received it, but now it's clutter and it's weighing me down and it's, it's becoming an obstacle. And that person loved me so much that they wouldn't want me to have an obstacle. They wouldn't want something that had a negative impact on my life. So I, if I can't let go of it, take a picture of it and donate it. Mm. You know, even your papers, your photos, the, your, your awards, your, your trophies. Like we just threw out, I hate to say this, this is funny. We threw out all of my husband's high school trophies. We got a big dumpster and he's like, He's like, I don't, he never wanted them. Mm-hmm. I was like, but our kids might want them oh, Sunday. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, we don't want them. So we threw them away in a dumpster. Guess who I found in the dumpster digging them out? My dad. What? I'm like, dad, no, no, <laughs> no. Because those are going to end up in your garage and back in my garage someday. No. That's funny. But if it's really sentimental, just take a picture of it. You've got to let go. Because when you hold on to things, you're holding on to the past. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy. Wow. That is amazing. And it's very difficult, you know, to keep moving forward when you're caught, you know, looking in the rear view yeah. the whole time. Yeah. You know, we need to be focused on moving forward. I love that and so abundance. much. Yeah. And it makes room. You it know, you're does. making room for better things to come into yeah. place. Yeah. That's another thing that she shared with me psychologically. She'd maybe want to get, you know, 
some new shoes or maybe uh-huh. some a new outfit or something. Yeah. But she would go back in her mind of like, well, I'm not, I, I have this stuff already that I haven't used or I don't have room, right? And so she would talk herself out of something she really wanted. Yes. And so I like, I've been working with her on that of like, you can have anything you want. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to get it, right? but you can have anything you want. Yeah. And with her making room, it's like opened her up psychologically yeah. to, you know, really doing things for herself that she feels good about. I also had to learn to um, just be honest and recognize that some of the things I was holding on to were to impress people. Mm-hmm. But they were, even though they might impress people, they were depressing me. So an example is like, I had a shoe collection of like Nikes mm-hmm. that I'm like, I'm not going to do an episode of Cribs. Why do I, <laughs> why do I have these never shoes? Know. I, never, I never, I never wear these. And I had them all lined up by color and all, you know, like all, it looked amazing. It was really impressive, but it was taking up all the space. And I never wear those shoes. And I thought to myself, somebody needs these shoes. This is yeah. so, this is just about ego and it's not helping me get rid of collections. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is, it, like why, we have collections because we want to show people the things we have. Yeah. But you are what people want to see, mm. you know? So let go oh of those collections. Goodness. So good. You know, uh, when you mentioned earlier, the coffee mug, is uh-huh. such a, it's like, again, you've been living my life for me. <laughs> it's such a good example and a recent thing because I have my favorite coffee mug, this Iron Man coffee mug. I loved it. Like it's, you know how you like go oh, actually look for a cup that yes, you want to drink out of? Yes, 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 And yes. so uh, somebody broke my mug, broke the handle. Mm-hmm. And so it was sitting there by the blender for to like- be repaired. Yeah. And just like days turned into weeks mm-hmm. and I would see it every day. And mm-hmm. I was just like, because when it first happened, I was like- making a decision. Yeah, exactly. Like it's taking mental energy yep. of something I need to do. But when it first happened, I was like, you know, well, I, you know, just let it go. And my wife was like, no, we can fix that. You can yeah. repair it. Yeah. And I, I would, you know, I would go along with that as well. And so my, even my son, yeah. uh, the little guy, he was like, you can fix it, dad, yeah. you know? But um, first of all, I've never seen that crazy glue like in a commercial when the guy had the helmet stuck. It like, doesn't work I've like never that. Seen never. It no. That. No, I can't even keep a broken nail on. <laughs> so stuff does not work. So one day, um, this was probably two weeks later, I just looked at it, I took it and put it in the trash. You know? And it's just like And it, look, you're sitting here today. Yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> and guess what? I could get another Iron Man mug if it's that serious. That's you know? right. it's just, it just wasn't that serious. Uh, you know? I, I don't know if it's because we feel guilty about throwing things away. Like that was a big yeah, hurdle to get over for me that. too. Cause I'm like, well, somebody could use this, so I should wait until that person shows up in my life and I can give it to them. That doesn't make sense. Or um I should make my problem somebody else's problem by giving them all of my donations. Or, Mm. you know, it's wasteful for me to throw this away because I spent a lot, or even it's wasteful for me to donate this because I spent a lot of money on it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter. You know, if if you're not, it's it's costing you too much, no matter what you paid for it, to be hanging on to something that just takes up space in your life. So another thing she mentioned to me, and of course I heard after I I got this um, beaming review from her about the episode, is the four bends. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that right after this quick break. So sit tight. We'll be right back. Today, we're in the midst of a new revolution with our understanding of food. We used to just be focused on this macronutrient paradigm, proteins, fats, carbohydrates. Carbohydrates and proteins got a pretty good name, but fats were drugged through the mud. Why is that? Because it's called fat, all right? The name implies something different than the other two. Because when we hear the word fat, we think about fat on our bodies. Fat in food and fat in our bodies are two totally different things. And it's like thinking, if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue. When you think that eating fat is going to turn you fat. It just doesn't work like that. And any of those three macronutrients can actually put fat on your body if you eat too much or the wrong types. Healthy fats, which I'm proposing that we start to call lipids or even energy, are incredibly important for every single function in your body. Your cells, every single cell in your body, we have upwards of 100 trillion cells that make you up, require fats to just maintain the integrity of your cell membranes. We're talking about the thing that holds your cells together and enables your cells to communicate. It's very important. Also your brain, your brain is mostly fat and water. This is why Fats are so important. When you're deficient in fats, especially the right kinds of fats, 
you can see some big issues. So in order to address that, some of my favorite things today are MCT oils. And specifically, if we look at emulsified MCT oils that actually taste amazing. And these are medium chain triglyceride oils that are extracted from things like coconut or palm. And these medium chain triglycerides have a thermogenic effect on the body, which means they are able to positively alter your metabolism. All right, that's number one, thermogenic effect from MCT oils, positively altering your metabolism. Number two, MCTs are more easily absorbed by your cells. So unlike conventional food of any type that has to go through a pretty arduous process of digestion, turning that food stuff into you stuff, MCTs are able to go directly to your cells and provide almost instant energy. And number three, MCT oils are very protective of your microbiome. There's so much research today about the importance of having a healthy microbiome and the integrity of our gut. MCT oils are one of those things that help to support that because they're especially effective at combating viruses, parasites, bacteria. There's so much goodness that is able to be found in these MCT oils, but you wanna get the good stuff. And for me, that's why I go to onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L, to get the emulsified MCT oils, which is like a coffee creamer. These are great to add to your coffees and teas, smoothies and things like that, to get in a little bit of extra flavor, plus all the benefits of MCT oils. They're easy to stir, so you don't have to throw everything into a blender just to get a nice coffee drink, but also they taste good and they make the process of being healthy, fun and enjoyable. So head over, check them out. They've got vanilla, coconut, cinnamon swirl, and strawberry. It's one of my favorites. So go to onit.com forward slash model for 10% off your entire purchase, not just for the MCT oil, but all of the health and human performance supplements that Onit carries and all of their fitness equipment, gear, and so much other cool stuff. All right, head over there, check them out, onit.com forward slash model. Now back to the show. All right, we are back and I'm with New York Times bestselling author and literal superhero, <laughs> Shalene Johnson. And we're talking about the power that comes along with uh, decluttering our life and the impact that it has on our minds and mm -hmm. on our progress in life. So uh, before the break, I mentioned this incredible concept that my wife uses well to help to declutter our lives, which is this four bin strategy. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So one of the things you have to do before you do the work is to prepare, right? So you want to have a system in place even for the decluttering process. Yeah. First mindset, like before you begin understanding you need to let go of things and how to make that possible, which we've discussed. And then I suggest you either get four boxes, four bins, four containers, whatever you've got on hand, and you label them, okay? Because it makes this process really easy. Everything's got to come out. Well, let's say you start in one little corner of a room or you're a one, half of the garage or a closet. You want to label those things. The first one is trash. And you have to be okay with letting go of things that may have value to somebody else, but they're not useful to you and you don't want to make them somebody else's burden. Just throw them away. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that. And then the second one is donate. Mm -hmm. um, and those are things that are, they're still in great condition mm -hmm. because you know, the Salvation Army, they don't need your stained and tattered clothes. They're not going to be able to use them. So now you've made them their problem. It's also to consider donating things that are going to be helpful to someone else, not add additional stress to their life. So you make a pile for, for donation. And then the third box is what I like to call relocate. Because in any area that you need to declutter are a lot of things that don't belong there. Mm -hmm. They weren't intended to be used in that space. And the fourth and final one are just things you're going to keep. And you want as few things as possible in your keep bin. You know, you want to get rid of as much. I'm not suggesting that you need to be a minimalist, which is a great concept. It's a great goal. But I do think the fewer things we keep, the more we are accepting abundance. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. So trash, donate, relocate, and keep. Um, something that really jumped out at me is the donate. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to fall into this other black hole that we fell into of like waiting to get rid of the stuff we got together to donate. Right. Right. Keeping that stuff in a bag in your car right. or at a certain room or just like, you know, I'll get around to donating that right. at some point. Do it now. Do it now. So that's what we'll she call. did. 
Yeah, there, there are lo- um, services that will come to your home to pick up mm-hmm. goods. Um, you just look it up on Yelp or whatever app you're using. You can look it up by using Dr. Google and figuring out where you can drop something off and just make it a regular part of your routine because yeah. I donate every single week now. I just think of it as something... I don't have permission to bring anything new into my home unless I'm donating that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I think that's a really powerful way to go about the decluttering process. And the other thing you have to understand is that you need now a system for this space or it's going to end up just the way it was before. Yeah. I know a lot of people will start with their closet. And remember that clutter isn't just the things you don't need. It's how messy things are. Hang all of your shirts with the hook going in the same direction. I really recommend that if you can afford to do this, make sure all your hangers match because your brain has to do something with all the different styles and colors and clothes and and hangers. And, you know, at first I, I took this concept to heart and I bought wooden hangers, which was quite an investment, but they took up too much space and everything falls off of them. I'm like, I, I should have an affiliate deal with huggable hangers because I like, <laughs> I believe they're life changing. They're thin. They last forever. Don't buy the cheap imitations. They make your closet clean and neat and things don't fall off when things are falling off. Mm-hmm. That's more clutter and more things you have to take care of later. When you're buying tools to help you create systems, whether it's organizing, you know, your pantry or your closet, wherever, don't buy things that look trendy and cute. Because eventually you're going to need to replace one and you want them to match. If things don't match, it's clutter for your brain. So I always say buy things that are in neutral colors, buy pieces that um, don't look trendy, aren't, they don't look like fashion. Just buy simplistic, simple, just what you need. Mm, so good. And I love that about, because that would bother me too, is the hangers. You know, like I would know if somebody wore my stuff or... You know, if my wife hung it up, she's left-handed too. So she hung it up like this way, Uh you know, the reverse way. And I'm just like, what, what, who did this? You know, because you you just, you got your, you know, like you go to grab something and then it's like, it's not coming off or whatever because, you know, how it's hung up. So, um, yeah. So, wow. I didn't even think about that. Just the way things are lined up. So this might sound obsessive. A little Dexter. Perhaps. but, uh, But coming from a former, like. Absolutely. Like my mom cannot believe my closet now, but I walk in and it's like peaceful. Everything Mm. is where it's supposed to be. I don't spend any time searching. And I didn't used to be that way. It's just mounds and mounds and mounds of clothes that I didn't like the way they looked on me when I got dressed in the morning. But now all the hangers match. I hang everything according to color and sleeve length and everything has its place. It makes getting ready easy. It makes hanging things back up simple. And those tools are an investment. I've had the same hangers for 15 years, Mm. the same huggable hangers for 15 years. And that's an investment. You know, the wire hangers. I've never heard of such things. Yeah. Wow. So again, don't buy the trendy colors. Buy a simple, basic color that you will find again later. Incredible. Incredible. Um. Wow, there's so many good tips here. Uh, do you have any more for us? Let me see if we've covered them all. Oh, I know. This is a good one. Um, you know how you clean when your mother-in-law or someone who's like a little judgy is coming over? Mm. Or maybe like if you've ever put your house on the market? That's how I want you to think about leaving your home. So I try to leave my home and imagine that my mother-in-law, by the way, is amazing and not judgy at all. I have to say that. But... I try to imagine that there's going to be a showing, like a realtor is going to come through my house while I'm away and I want it to look like a million bucks. Or they're going to be filming an HGTV or somebody's going to see my home while I'm away. So I want it to look neat and organized and like I care about my belongings. Mm, So I try to leave without doing that. Mm -hmm. And the last and final tip is for parents and for adults, but it's one that your kids can adopt and that is make your bed every day. Make your bed every day. It's how, it's a habit that your children need. They deserve it. Um, It doesn't, and you shouldn't be making it for them because they can make it. As soon as you, if your kid's four years old, they can make their bed. It might not be perfect, but they can make their bed. And that is a gift. That is a gift when you teach your children that they themselves know how to be organized. And then talk to them about, how does it make you feel? You made this. How does that make Mm. you feel? Yeah. And then ask yourself, how does it make you feel to get into a bed 
that's been made. Brett and I make our, this is cheesy, but we make our bed together in the morning. We, we do that together. So we get up sometimes at different times, but together we come in and we make the bed. And, you know, I also believe while we're talking about bedrooms, that if you can avoid having your bedroom be multifunctional, do so. Sometimes you're living in a space that's so small, your, um, you know, the craft area has to sometimes be used as a corner of the kitchen. You know, the laundry room is in the garage. But as much as you can avoid using your bedroom for anything else, especially if you're married or in a committed relationship, it's really important because that is sacred space where you don't need and shouldn't have distraction. You know, you need to come together and that's where you should. You're such a great advocate for sleep. But there are things that happen before sleep, too. Yeah. And those things need to be, you know, you need to be present in order to really feel fulfilled and to connect on a deep emotional level with your partner. And you can't do that if you can see out the corner of your eye, your desk, and you're thinking about all the work you need to do. Mm. You know, I think if it's, if it's at all possible, try to get that stuff out of your bedroom. That's deep. That is so deep. And uh, the guys listening, please keep this in mind because I think it's probably going to be, you know, I mean, just being honest, we yeah. don't need much. You know, <laughs> like true. There could be dishes, pot, we don't care. <laughs> all right? But for your significant other, you know, it might be like a psychological it barrier is. that you're trying to break oh, through. You I'm know? telling you what, she's not having a good time if there's laundry in the room. If there's laundry in her vision, I don't care how talented you are. If there's laundry in her <laughs> eye line, it is not going to, she can fake how enjoyable, enjoyable <laughs> it is. So that's really important. Like get that stuff. If that belongs in the laundry room, get it out of the bedroom. Oh, that's powerful. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> okay. So, um, listen, I think this is a good opportunity to, uh, talk about how, how do we recruit? Because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned it earlier. A lot of times, you know, we are, uh, in a living space with other people, right? you know, and it's just like, and I've, and I've heard these statements, you know, it's, you know, it's my husband, he's messy or, you know, like people's push the blame off on somebody yeah. else yeah. because of communication. But right. how do we recruit people to get on board with this? I, before you you answer that, I want to say one quick thing. For kids, it's like, again, you create it as part of the culture. Mm, yes. You know, but outside of that, so significant others, maybe, you know, other family members, brothers, sisters, whatever. How do we recruit people? Mm. So it's kind of like weight loss, right? Like how do you talk to someone you love about their unhealthy habits um, without it feeling like you're attacking them yeah. or without them becoming defensive. And I, I think it's the same approach where you have to lead by example and make sure that people are in agreement and that they understand that this is about health and that this isn't about you being messy or you being you collecting all these things because there's plenty of things you do too Definitely. that are just as detrimental. So I think the right way to do this is this is how this is to help me feel more calm and more centered because I want to be better for you. And if you just make it about you trying to be better, that other person usually comes on board. I do think when you live with other people, it's much easier if everyone is in agreement Mm -hmm. on how we're using the space. So you just don't necessarily understand that this is where your wife needs to fold laundry because the kids, you know, like you have to just kind of have those discussions so that it's functional for everybody and everyone can reach an agreement with an open mind and thinking about how can we make life easier and a lot of times rooms do have to be multifunctional and there's ways to make that happen but everyone has to agree that things need to go back where they belong so that our kitchen doesn't also become where we keep um the kids homework um and and you know where the kids toys aren't all over the room and that provides structure that our children need too mm-hmm. and our in our relationships you know that structure that clarity makes everyone feel safe. And, and it's, some, it's a skill. Like we don't teach our kids. We try to do so much for our kids. And, and I see people do this in relationships too, where they try to do everything for their spouse and then they resent them that they're not doing it. Mm, yeah. It's like helping people just be better um, by teaching them they're capable of doing it instead of, you know, wagging a finger. Oh, my goodness. Um, Shaleen, you're the best. This is like, I'm telling you, I had no idea how much this could impact somebody's life. Yeah. And I also, because of you and kind of putting this together, I got to see some parallels to my life and my evolution as a man. Interesting. Just as I was going along, I was decluttering my life as I went along. 
You know, my, my wife, she used to even, and I had to check her on this, you know, because, and it's very few things I get to do that. <laughs> she was like, you and your mom are, you and my mom are um, hoarders, right? And I was like, babe, that's not me anymore. Stop putting me, because she's her mom. She tends yeah. to keep a lot of paperwork, sure. whatever. I was like, that's not me anymore. And she was like, oh, you know what? You're right. I got to stop saying that. Mm. Because I was, was, I was doing that, yeah. you know, but as I evolved really working on myself, paying attention to what makes me feel good. Yeah. And also being a support for her because she doesn't know all the little things that I do. Like with the whole scanning the environment and taking something with me, I'm taking one little thing off her plate because I'm hoping oh. that I can get something on my plate. Right. You know, and so these are all small things that I did to, to evolve and it just goes hand in hand. And I had no idea that it mattered so much. You said that um, you are the guy who, when you take off your clothes before you take a shower, you put it in the bin. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Is that something you grew up doing? No. So when when did you adopt that habit and how and it was, why? It was it was as I evolved and kind of just again feeling how things feel. Like I would see the clothes in the bathroom that I left, and it didn't feel good when mm-hmm. I come back because now she's added some to it. Like I'm creating a culture. So I'm so like, did you do that as like a college student or once you were married? This or? Was once I was married, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, this all happened. My greatest evolution, like being in a relationship is your greatest, it's your greatest practice ground for practicing compassion, for practicing patience, and also just for stepping up as a human being. Yes. It's really true. And I I think too many people think of it about like, what can you do for me? Mm. But it's what can I do to be better for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a better way to look at it. And so much of these things transfer then to all the other areas. So at the beginning, you you asked me if I believe people should get organized before they take on whatever it is. Mm. I think that you'll find you'll be much more successful, no matter what it is, if you start with your foundation. So the environment that you're in, whether you realize it or not, has a tremendous impact on how you are viewing yourself. You don't think about it, but man, when things are messy and chaotic and and you're making that okay, you're making it okay to be distracted. You're making it okay to hit an obstacle. You're, and you, so it's a, it becomes a belief, right? Where you start to believe, well, this is, this is how I'm supposed to live. Other people are organized. But once you start adopting, like that's a foundational habit. You start adopting that. It's crazy how every area of your life starts to make so much more sense. And you start to realize I can now have a system in place for improving my health. Yeah. And I can put a system in place for starting a side business, mm-hmm. you know, and all of these things are foundational. So, you know, I know not everyone watching has children, but if you do, it's a really important skill to teach your kids. Definitely. Uh, Shalene, final question. What is the model that you are here to set with the way you live your life personally? Mm. It is to always be focused on being just a little bit better. Um, not, not perfect, but just a little bit better so that you can be happier, healthier, and live more. Uh, I love it. Simple and powerful. Thanks. Uh, can you let everybody know where they can connect with you online? Remind them of your incredible podcast. Sure. Uh, so I would love to have people listen to The Chalene Show. Specifically, I did a four-part series on decluttering, so I think that would be really helpful for people. Um, you can find me at 131method.com. You can find me at shalenejohnson.com. And I'd love to hear from people on social media. Let them know what you took away from the show. Awesome. Oh, Shalene, you're the best. Thank you so much for, Thanks for being here. inviting me over. Yes, yeah, and fun. Hopefully you'll move out here someday. Who knows? Oh, shh. I'm trying. Who knows? Who knows? Awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Uh, wow, there's just so many nuggets of wisdom to to really pull and extract from this episode. And please understand, like my modus operandi, my mission is to bring you the very best people in the world in their respective fields. Shalene is one of those people. She's a rare like Renaissance woman hybrid, right? She's like got multiple super superpowers. And I think it really is derived from something that I didn't expect her to say, which she's really about solving problems. You know, so for me, it became an inspiration, like at the very beginning of the show, like making that more of something that's a focus of my life. Like, how can I solve problems? I was doing it unconsciously, you know, as I'm creating this content for you guys. But I want to be much more focused on that because that's what really makes me feel good. And for all of us, you know, that's really one of the things that kind of drives us is figuring out stuff, you know, solving problems. And also what I love about her is also embracing the good stuff, embracing life, because she 
found a problem to solve, which she just shared a story with me before we did the show about her roller skating yesterday. <laughs> but she also was getting really present in the juice out of life as well. So I don't want you to miss out on that. And with this episode, you know, there might seem like it's another thing to do, but you're not alone. All right. Make sure to throw on your headphones, listen to Shalene's show, listen to my show, get some positive encouragement. And also you can recruit other people into this as well. There are going to be other people who want to get better, who want to feel better, who want to declutter their life so they can really get focused, make room for greater things to come in. All right. So be aware of that. All right. You're not in this alone. But I do think I had no idea how much value this could hold, but I truly do think that it's something valuable to pay attention to. And we talked about how this can be um, something that you recruit people for and, and how do you invite people in to help? You know, maybe if you're like, you know, I want to do this, but my wife is so, or I want to do this, but my kids are so. I think it's really important for you to practice patience and to lead by example. All right. And you might be like, well, I'm already doing this. Well, here's the thing. It's doing it with resentment versus doing this because here's, here's the thing before my wife uh, came upon this grand idea and really embracing this, thanks to Shalene's podcast. By the way, she says four parts, all right? <laughs> How many podcasts have a four-parter? It's like Fast and Furious movies, all right? It got progressively better, and then at some point, you know, but she stopped at four. So it was right there, that mid-part where it's really great. All right, four-part series because it's important. But before that, you know, it would some things would annoy me. It's just like, why don't you just do this, or why don't you do that? And I know, here's the thing, she had things about me that was, just, you know, the same, and I have to understand that, like, listen, I'm not perfect. I know some things about me bother her, probably very few. But (laughs) I knew that I had to like kind of check myself and I started to actually, and this is, this might sound crazy, but I would see it as cute. Like, oh, here she goes again, you know, leave her jacket. Let me just go put this up. You know, so I brought a fresher feeling tone to it. And before you know it, like she started to change as well. You know, and by the way, let me be clear about this. This is the most important part of this episode right here. My wife in no way is anything, she's perfect. All right, let me make that clear. All right, so (laughs) all of these small things, this is a very small piece of a a dynamic woman who's handling a lot of things, you know, and she felt a psychological, like, pull down from the clutter. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't something I was trying to fix about her. She decided that that would make her feel better and be better as a mom and and as a wife and as a person in her business as well. So uh, I just want to make that clear. We're not here to try to change other people, especially when so many of us, we have to understand, like, we're, we're good. Like, we're really good how we are, you know, but it's taking the opportunity to embrace that there's another level for ourselves and we could take other people with us, but we have to lead by example. All right. So if you got a lot of uh, value out of this episode, please make sure to share this out with your friends and family on social. Again, tag Shalene, tag me. Let us know what you thought about the episode and just share the love. You know, this can really be life changing for people. So and uh, guys, listen, I've got some incredible, I'm telling you, incredible episodes, some incredible show topics. They're going to blow your mind. So make sure to stay tuned. All right. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you've got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.